Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. We'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, We had our church ministries conference that we do every year in January. Uh, Here just a few weeks ago, we had Rick Green come in, teach on some of this, and I believe this is the most important thing that the church can do. Uh, We are on a direction here. Uh, We have gotten involved with all the churches that we are involved in in this ministries conference and getting folks involved in this biblical citizenship class. This is vital. This is vital for where we are today, and it's vital that the church take a role in this. We've already had over 50 people sign up for this first class that we're offering starting tomorrow night. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, This is what's got to happen. What's got to happen? It'll be tomorrow night in this building right behind this one. There's a big, big screen there to watch these teachings. You've got the best teachers in the world that's going to be explaining our Constitution and tying that in biblically and what the church has to do about this. I mean, it's vital for us. Thank you. We're going to be offering more of these classes along the way, but this is the direction of our church, and thank you for so many getting involved. Thank all those that are going to be making this class uh, possible. I also want to say thank you to our media team, uh, the uh, research firm that sends us our numbers. Uh, Just got the numbers this last week. We had 11,000 listeners to the sermons in the month of January. 11,000 folks listened to our Sunday morning sermons. Uh, and here, here's what's really important that, that uh, for me anyway, you know, folks just scroll through and you click in as a listener and you just run on and you run on. But what this firm uh, ex- uh, t- reported to us was the impact listeners. And an impact listener is one that listens to over 75% of the total content. We had 90% of those 11,000 people were impact listeners. So over 90% of the people that are listening to us listen to the whole sermon and we're having an effect our churches have an effect and thank you all of those on our media team that make that possible uh thank all of you in this church financially for making that possible that we are able to do that thank you thank you we're getting the gospel out and we're making a change we're going to make a change in our country I want to welcome all those who are joining us on social media avenues we're glad uh, to have you. want to make sure to remind you, don't miss Wednesday night. Uh, I'm going to be teaching number four this week in the God Kind of Life series. Looking forward to all that I want to share with that. Uh, two, before I start, want to just uh, say how uh, glad we are to have Pastor Manny and, and Cami Cantu, pastors from Oklahoma. We've been lifelong involved with them. Good to have y'all here. Uh, glad to have Pastor David and Wendy Hilton from Dayton, Texas that are here with us. David, thanks. Uh, The last six or eight months with the many times you've spoken in our church, you spoke at church ministries conference, thank you for the impact you're having on our church. Uh, In fact, is I I really didn't want to mention you were here because our church looked when I said you were here and go, well, how come he ain't up there speaking? You sit down. Uh, Thank you, David, for all the impact you've had in this ministry and what you've imparted. Um, Turn to 2 Kings chapter 7. This year, we're talking about the God kind of life. And in doing so, we're going to be exposing the pagan kind of life. And I I want to learn what to think and what not to think. I I want to learn what to do, what not to do. See, the reason we are so after this topic, the God kind of life, is that there clearly 
is a way that you live your life that brings life and life abundant. There is a way that you can live your life that kills, steals, and destroys. And if you just look, you just look at the folks that are living a God kind of life. Look at their marriages, their homes, their family. Look at the ones that aren't being obedient to Scripture, not living the God kind of life. And look at, at their life. For Christian Ministries Church members, we're going to live in life and life more abundant. We're going to live there, so it's important that we understand the God kind of life. Now, I've already told you twice to turn to 2 Kings. Uh, if you hadn't found it, it's over in the old part. Chapter 7, uh, it's, uh, it lays right in between chapter 6 and chapter 8. You'll be able to find chapter 7 right there. Chapter 7, verse 3. Make your ribbons right there in your Bible because you're going to spend the whole sermon in this one place. There's a whole lot to see. And I also want you to get this in uh, your notes because maybe this next week you want to read over and over this passage uh, to glean all that you can glean out of it. Just a lot there for us to learn. Chapter 7, verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? The title of today's message is, Don't Sit Here. Don't sit here. Let's read. Now, there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we just sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We're going to starve if we stay here. But with a famine in the city, we're going to starve if we go back in there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, nobody was there. For the Lord had caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots, the galloping of horses, the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran out into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, everything else, as they fled for their lives. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating, drinking. They carried off silver and gold and clothing and started hiding it. Finally, they said to each other, Whoa, this isn't right. This is a day of good news, and we're not sharing it with anyone. If we wait till the morning, some calamity is going to certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back into the city, told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to Armenian camp. They said, nobody's there. The horses, the donkeys, all tethered, the tents all in order. They're not a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the good news to the people in the palace. The lepers lived outside the city gates. The only way they ate was out of the scrap pile, out of the dump, where the city would go out and dump, and they'd dig through the dump and eat. Well, the famine had gotten so bad, the city wasn't dumping any scraps out there. The question that I got today is, what condition could you possibly have that's keeping you outside the city gates? What condition could you possibly have that's keeping you from life and life more abundant? You know, the mentality of one being stolen from. The mentality of somebody that's having life just pulled away from them is that I have no power to do anything about this, woe is me. 
Someone has to do something for me. And I just sit right here while somebody does something for me outside of where life is happening. You know, many people live right here outside the city gates. What condition could you possibly have that's keeping you on the outside looking in? Maybe you're shy and you're on the outside looking in where all the fun and all the excitement, maybe you're insecure. Maybe you don't know how to get involved with other people. Maybe it's your past, some tragedy that happened to you in your past that's keeping you from life and life abundant. Something that happened to you in your past is keeping you from living where all the fun is. What is it causes you to withdraw outside the city? Are you outside the city? Are you outside a great life where just nothing is going on for you? Do you realize that you could be in this room today and really be outside? You know, you could be in your school classroom at Christian Ministries Academy tomorrow. Everybody out here, and you're in class, but you're just outside. You're just on the outside. We have to watch out. I want you to write this down. The thinking, the thinking, look what was done to me will steal life and joy from you. The thinking, I have leprosy. I have this hurt. I have this problem. I have this misfortune. I have this thing. See, the thinking of what has happened to you, the four lepers sat there day after day after day. What I want to talk to you about is the fact they developed a mindset. They lock in on a mindset. Here's my situation in life. Poor me. Somebody feed me. Somebody meet my needs. Somebody make me happy. And day after day after day turns into a lifestyle before you know it. At what point do you say, I've had enough of this. I mean, at what point do you ask yourself, why should I just sit here and die? I'm unhappy. I'm miserable. I'm, at what point do you look around and go, hold on. I'm not staying. At what point do you say, I'm done with depression? At what point do you say, I'm done with... At what point do you say, I ain't sitting here no more? The title today is, don't sit here. Don't sit here. Same old song, poor me. Somebody do something for me. At some point, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. How long do you sit there and let this self-pity? I mean, what your dad did to you, what your mom did to you, what this bad marriage, what your ex did to you. Well, if somebody would, and if she would just, at what point does this anger that day after day after day, and you don't realize it, but it's become a lifestyle. You've been laying out there for a long, long time. All of a sudden, this is good. Now we've been doing this for a week. Then we've been doing this months. Now it's, it's turned, and turned into some years here. What is the condition that keeps you outside the city that's killing, stealing, and destroying life from you? The title today is Don't Sit Here. A change has got to happen for us where you stop Stop seeing yourself as a victim. You're unhappy. See, I'm a leper. 
So I got a leprosy. So you know, stop seeing yourself as a victim. Your unhappiness is because of your mom. It's because of your dad. It's because of the referee. It's because of your wife. It's because of the coach. It's because of the school teacher. It's because of the neighbor. It's because of the business partner. Oh, my Lord. It's the same problem, the same problem. We've got to talk about it all the time. It just kills, steals, and destroys. See, as a victim, look what has been done to me? You're helpless. You're hopeless. And, and, and I guess we wait for the perpetrator of the crime to do something. I can't be happy until the school tars and feathers and hangs my school teacher out in the parking lot. I mean, what do you, what do you want to happen? My teacher, my teacher, okay, well, this tar and feather will hang her on the gallows out in the Will that make you happy when you come tomorrow in all peace and you're full of joy? I mean, what do, you, do you want us to come over to your neighbor and just feed him to the bulldogs and you, we can all watch him? What do you want us to do to your neighbor? Well, your dad, he didn't come to your ball games. That was 30 years ago we've been talking about your ball games. You weren't that good of a player anyway. There might have been a reason he didn't come watch you play. How long are we going to talk about that? I mean, you, well, let's go get your dad, and let's just drag him down here to the court, and let's just time and make him for the next 30 years watch ball games. I mean, it would be a very cruel, mean God that would make your happiness depend on somebody else doing something else. See, God made a way for you to live happy if your dad never did see you dribble a basketball. You can still be happy. God made a way for you to be happy if the referee never comes over to the bench and says, listen, I'm so sorry I blew that call. Stop the whole game. I want this guy to stand up and everybody say, he's a great player and I blew the call. Will that make you happy if the ref does that? Here, we're going to put 100 points on the scoreboard for your team. I mean, what, what are we waiting on to happen for you to be happy? This year we're talking about the God kind of life. Now, the point of my message today as I drag this out on and on and on, you, you have to stop waiting on somebody to do something for you, and you just look around and say, I ain't sitting here no longer. Nobody did anything for the four lepers out there. They just said, I'm leaving here. I'm, I'm, I'm le See, this year there's a God kind of life down the road, and I'm fixing to walk down there and get me some of it. you got to get up and do something about your situation. I love what it says in verse 4. I love this. I'm dying right here anyway. What I got to lose? How long are you going to sit there in what's not working? Come on, I'm not in a happy place right now. Well, get up and go find some happy people and hang out with them. Well, I want you to watch this, verse 5. Everybody look at verse 5. So at twilight, they set out. No longer a victim, no longer just sitting there. Poor me. Now, here's vital. Watch verse 5 and watch verse 6. At twilight, they set out, verse 6. For the Lord caused. Okay, when did the Lord cause? Not until they got up and set out. You can just stop praying about all you want God to do in your life, because He ain't moving until you get up and start rolling. When you get up and start, I'm fixing to be happy. 
I'm going to be blessed. I'm getting out of this thing. Then the Lord calls. See, we want the Lord to fix everything for us as I sit here playing my sad song. You got to get up off of your blessed assurance and you got to go downtown. See, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something. Verse 6 follows verse 5. Isn't that ironic how that happens? As long as they were sitting there day after day after day, the Lord hadn't done nothing for them. The Lord had not done one thing for them until they said, we're not staying here any longer. When the lepers got up, God got involved. And you know God's fixing to get involved when you get up. I want to caution you. Caution you. Your condition moves you outside. And before you know it, one week, one month, one year, and you don't realize it, but a lifestyle of you living in this dark cloud. You know when people look at you, there's nobody home? You're just a dark cloud. And see, everybody else is happy, and everybody's having a great life and being blessed. See, but you're stuck sitting right there. There's a God kind of life out there. There's a place that flows with milk and honey. Now, you won't sit there and wallow in your leprosy if you want to, but you get up, and then God gets involved. We've got to stop, stop this victim thinking. We've got to stop it. This is a great year for Christian Ministries Church members, but it's going to take work on our part to pull off what we're embarking on. We've talked about living the God kind of life. It's going to take work. It's going to take work on our part to go in and possess the joy and the peace and the blessings that God has for us. Fairy tales have screwed our thinking all up. They, they just screwed it. You know, and, and they're all the same. They're all alive. They're all the very same. See, you know, here's life. And they all end with the couple on a horse galloping down the ocean. Uh, just a little ways out in the water. The sun sets going down, and they're riding naked on a white horse down the beach, and it is happily ever after. That's a lie. I got horses. I know that's a lie. Somebody's got to catch that thing. Somebody's got to unsaddle it. Somebody's got to put it in a trailer. Somebody's got to haul it home. Somebody's got to clean the stall. Somebody's got to go haul hay. Somebody's got to float its teeth. Somebody's got to worm the thing. See, I understand. That's a lie. Oh, it's happily ever after. Life takes work. And if you're going to ride that horse on the beach, it's going to take work to pull that off. You're going to have to haul the dumb thing down there. That scene is a, it's a deception about happily ever after with you not cleaning any stalls. Because that's not the way the horse business works. That's only in the movies. Somehow we've developed the mentality that I can sit right here and still be blessed and enjoy life. And you're going to have to get up. And you're going to have to head downtown. If your home is going to be fun... You can't sit there and wallow in all that you're wallowing in. You're going to have to get up and make it fun. If your marriage is going to be good, you can't sit there and wallow in she didn't, they said, and he. You're going to have to make your marriage fun. Here's the cards that were handed to you. And I just, I can't express my hurt for you with the hand that's been dealt. It's terrible. It's terrible what you're 
school teacher did to you. That's what school teachers do. They wake up in the morning, how can I wreck some kid's life today? I mean, just how, that's, see, that's what coaches do. How can I just ruin your whole life? I mean, that's what they do. I mean, I hate that happening. It's business partners. That's what neighbors do. They just ruin your whole life. We all got a sad story. It's terrible you got leprosy. Leprosy's a bad deal. I mean, it's terrible. I can't do anything about it. I can't do nothing about your leprosy. I can't do anything about it. But you can decide not to sit there not one more day. See, you can decide not to sit. I can't do anything about what happened to you when you were nine years old. I can't do one, and it's just awful. But you can decide, I'm not going to wallow in this, not one more second. See, if your life is going to be full, if you're going to possess the God kind of life that we're talking about this year, then you're going to have to get up and make it full. I can't teach any biblical principle. I'm, I just can't do it. I try and I can't. I can't teach any big, biblical principle without giving you one, two, threes on how to do it. Okay, end of the sermon. Second sermon, here's how you pull off what I just said. Here's how you do that. Step one, step two. Now, today, for those who could care less about what I'm talking about and you're daydreaming and wishing I'd hurry, I'm fixing to give four steps. The reason I tell you that is you can start getting excited at number three. We're almost there, okay? So, well, I got four to go, so right now just keep on zoning out. Don't pay no attention to nothing. But when I get to three, you start gathering your stuff up and, you know, looking in your makeup mirror and being ready to go here. Step number one, are we ready? Write this down. Throw that violin away. Because we're tired of hearing you play it. We, we just, I've heard and we've talked. I can't talk to you about it any longer. So we paid a counselor every Tuesday to talk to you. Let them tell, you, you tell the story to them. And you do that for a year or two and that didn't help. But we'd take you to six more counselors and you tell the story to them. I mean, well, throw the darn thing away. Stop playing the violin. We don't want to hear your story anymore. I hate it. I hate it. But the only reason you keep sitting there is you just keep on playing that violin. It didn't change. The leprosy didn't change. They still had it. They had it when they sat there, and they still got it. But they finally said, I'm not, no, not here. We're headed downtown. See, you refuse to pull out that violin, and you just refuse to play it. You refuse to play it. You got to come to a place in your life where you're as tired of playing it as we all are tired of hearing about it. You just can't talk about the fact that your dad didn't come see you play ball every time we're together. You, you, your, your wife's tired of, tired of hearing about it. She, she's tired. See, your friends can't just keep on hearing about it. Every time we're together, you can know before we talk very long, it's going to come up. And we're going to have to hear that same old song on your violin. What's keeping you this year from the God kind of life? Here's what will keep you from it is you pulling that violin out and playing that same old song about what's happened and what you've been through. you got to say, no more. I'm, see, the leper said, no more. I mean, if we die, we die, but I'm not sitting here anymore. See, I'm headed out of here. They threw the violin away. Number two, 
2 Corinthians tells us to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. For those who are real scholars, let me tell you what that says in the Greek. In the Greek, that means every. Every thought captive. See, in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, the first thing that had to happen for those four lepers is they had to take the thought captive that had kept them sitting there day after day after day. I don't know what their thought was, but they won't let me and they won't like me and nobody received me and I can't do anything about it and there's, there's no pills that I can take because hadn't, those hadn't been invented yet. And, and yeah, I, don't know. Well, I don't know what their thought was, but their thought kept them sitting there and what had to happen is, first of all, they had to quit playing the violin. Second of all, they had to stop. They had to take those thoughts captive before they could get up and go and do anything. You're sitting where you are because of what you've been thinking. Your unhappiness, your misery, your suicidal tendency, your I don't know, all of that is a result of what you've been thinking. And there's nobody that can control that but you. About yourself, about your condition what you've been thinking about the other girls at school, about the job, about your teacher, about, about your boss. See, this leprosy has me, and there's nothing I can do about it. You're sitting where you are because of what you've been thinking, and you're going to have to take those thoughts captive. You have to. You've got to take those thoughts. I heard this just recently. In your 20s, all through those 20s, you are consumed with what other people think about you. You gotta have a certain brand car, you gotta have a certain thing you gotta have. Yeah, but we're just consumed our house. In your 20s, you're consumed about what other people think about you. Then you get around about 40, and you get this arrogant, cocky, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm living my life and just let it happen to me. They can think whatever they want to think. See, in your 40s, you get real cocky, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. That sounds really interesting. Around in your 60s, you find out nobody been thinking about you at all. <laughs> See, you thought everybody was thinking all these thoughts about you, and you find out they're busy thinking about themselves, and nobody has given you one thought ever. Oh, what am I wearing? They don't even know what you're wearing, nor do they care. Because they're thinking about what they're wearing, see? I mean, nobody's thinking nothing about you. And you won't know that till you're 60. Boy, it's great. <laughs> Come on, you're going to have to take these thoughts captive. You know, it's not one single place in the Bible that we read about when your boss overlooks you, here's what you do. There's no place when the referee was horrible in a game, here's the way you handle that. It, 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 the, we don't have any scripture about your dad not coming to your wedding. and all. We don't have any scriptures about any of that. It just says take those thoughts captive because they're not God kind of thoughts. And if you think those, then you won't have the God kind of life. Say, I want to have the God kind of life, so I'm going to have to think the God kind of thoughts. If you continue to think thoughts that are not the God kind of thoughts, then you can't have the God kind of life. Number one, throw away the violin. Number two, take thoughts captive. Number three, here we are, we're getting close. We're, now, I ain't landing the plane, but we're circling the airport. Y'all have heard that. Matthew chapter 12, Luke chapter 11. They both tell the same story. 
Jesus warns us about sweeping the house clean. It's a bad deal. Remember what happened? They came back, what was it, seven times worse? I mean, you, you don't, see, you don't want to take your thoughts captive if you don't put the right thoughts in. Step number three, Philippians 4, 8. Think on these things. Somebody here's you a list. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's worthy of praise, whatever's excellent, whatever's good report. See, you can check your thoughts. This is a checklist. Is this thought a good one? Is this thought praiseworthy? See, is this thought honorable? See, it's a checklist for every one of your thoughts. You can't just take your thought captive. You're going to have to think the right thoughts. And it's a daily, daily battle. It's not daily. It's ever our battle. I was doing good yesterday, day before yesterday. Having a great day. And there was nobody behind me in my rearview mirror as far as I could see down that straight stretch. Nobody. I'm driving along. And a car pulls right out, right in front of me and goes 10 miles an hour. They could have waited a split second, let me get by, and then they could have gone one mile an hour. But no, boom, right here. You know, I'm, I'm just starting to rev my engine. I run up on their bumper. And see, that, that, what y'all don't understand is I've been working on this message for weeks. I'm a day before I'm ready to preach it. And so now here's what I got to deal with. So I'm run up on this guy's bucket. Woom, woom, woom. I see him looking in, my rear, in their rearview mirror, and that's my time for the sign language. I mean, you know what you're doing. Don't act like you hadn't been there. You're just bawling. So I'm going to pull around them. Then I'm going to pull right in front of them, and then I'm going to hit my brakes. Oh, I was just full of peace and joy. My life. Oh, i just having a great day. No, you're bawling. Your blood pressure's in your eyes. Come on. See, every thought in the Greek, that means every. The light turns green. I can see from back here they're texting. Really? You're 17. What importance, like you're in the stock market, I mean, are you in charge of the national? Well, what importance could be going on right now that you're holding all of us up? I drove all the way across town to get one thing I needed. I walked in the store. I get to the aisle. And as far as you can see to the right, the shelves are packed. As far as you can see to the left, the shelves are packed. And there's one vacant place right here with the one thing you needed. And so you bend and you look way, because maybe there's one way back in there. The one thing I drove 30 miles for is the only thing in this whole store they didn't have. Where's the manager? What I don't know is, how long have you been knowing you were getting close to the end? We don't have but five more left. Order some more and get them here before we get to the last one. Where's the guy that stocks these? I bet they got these back in the back. And he's probably out there, outside, smoking a cigarette, texting right now. I'm fixing to go stick that cigarette down. But what in the... Get my thing... I mean, here you are. You just enraged. The one thing I needed, Really? Whatever's lovely, whatever's worthy of praise, whatever's excellent. I wasn't thinking on none of those. Well, it's no wonder you're not full of peace, full of joy, 
See, you're not living the God kind of life because you won't think on these things right here. And when whatever happens in your day happens and you get your mind off of this list of things, then your God kind of life unravels. To live the God kind of life, you can't just keep sitting right there. You can't just keep sitting right there. I decided to be happy today. I decided to be blessed today. I decided to have a good day. And whoever does what? The teacher, the lady in front of me texting, the guy, I'm having a great day. I'm having a great day. I'll just wait till it turns green three more times, and then maybe we get around to going. <laughs> Romans 12, 2. You can't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. But you got to let God transform you into a new person. Now get this. By changing the way you think. Great news for those who are ready to leave right now. Number four. This year, to live the God kind of life, we're going to have to be a new person by changing the way we think. Now I want you to watch this. Chapter 7, verse 9, this is not right. We aren't sharing this with anybody else. We need to go and tell others. They became a new person for the first time in how many days, weeks, years they thought about somebody else except themselves. For all these years, what's kept them sitting out there is my leprosy and my leprosy and my leprosy and what I've been through and what they did to me and what was done to me. See, the whole life, and, and it wasn't until a change, and the first time in their life, they thought about somebody else besides themselves. Look at this in verse 9. I want you to see this. This is not right. We aren't thinking about anybody else but me. And if we don't, some calamity is going to come on us. And if you keep thinking all about you, depression is going to come on you. I mean, I'm, here's a calamity. If you continue to be self-absorbed in woe is me and what happened to me and my leprosy, some calamity is fixing to come on you. You read it right there. These lepers moved in their thinking from only thinking about themselves and what I need and what I want and what I want to make me happy. They had to move in their thinking, we need to think about somebody else. Wow, what a message to this era we are in history where there is no thought about anybody else. Do you ever think about what your teacher may be going through today? You, do you ever think about what your school principal may be? Do you ever think about the policeman and what he may be dealing with? Do you ever think about anybody else? Do you ever think about the other guys on the ball team? Or is it always only about you? See, it's all of your thinking, my feelings, my desires. See, I'm a, I'm a man, but I feel like I'm going to be a woman today. And I'm a, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you start into all that, what's that going to do to your mom? Before all of your desires, and I feel like I'm identifying with a. before you buy you a tail and let it come out the back end of your pants, whoa, whoa, and you identify as a furry, let me, whoa, whoa, what is that going to do to your dad? You know, your granddad has been a good man his whole life. Your granddad's been a good man. What's that going to do to him? 
Do, do you ever think about anybody but your desires and your feelings and what you want to do to gratify yourself? Hold on. What, what about my school? And the, everybody knows I go to a Christian school. What will this make my whole school look like if I'm a student and I'm out here acting like this? Or do, do you ever think about, is there ever a thought in your life about anybody else but you and your pleasure? See, verse 9, I love this. They came to themselves. This is not right. At what point in life do you come to yourself? This isn't right. There's other people to consider besides just me. Oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. I, I, mean, I hate it what happened to you, but your wife didn't do that. That's sad what your dad did 30 years ago, but that, your wife didn't do any of that. Your kids were 30 years from being born, and you're taking out on them what happened to you 30 years ago. That ain't right. You need to be thinking about your kids, not about what happened to you when you were seven. See, but you need to have another thought about your kids, about your spouse, about your neighbors. What would this make my church look like? What do the other people in the church think? Before, before you go and do this, ask yourself. See, man, you're just grabbing all of the pleasure you can get. And they came to themselves and said, this isn't right. This isn't right. I need to think about somebody else besides myself. For you to think about somebody else besides yourself. Yeah, I'm just right here in this church. There's all kinds of ministry opportunities. Right here in this ministry. Christian Ministries Academy is always in need of a list of substitute teachers. Anytime you all have a problem, call me. I'll be glad to come down. I mean, well, every Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning, we got volunteers in this church that come down here to help clean the church just for a couple hours on Tuesday morning. We got people that greet. We got people that are on a security team. We got folks that volunteer in the coffee shop. Sound and lights and camera people. It's not right I just come in here day after day and think about nobody but myself. How can I become a blessing? How, what can I do? You know, in your own neighborhood, in just a short area around where you live, how many single people live there? Is anybody calling to check on them? Do you have five people on your list that you call two or three times a week? You okay? Just checking on you. Just checking on you this morning. How'd you sleep last night? Are, just, are they stuck in a home? Have they fallen? Nobody even knows about are, are you just checking? How many people live by themselves that you could drive to the doctor? Hey, you got a doctor's appointment next week? Who's driving you? I'll come over and drive you to the... Look, life can be lived for other people. And when you start living your life for other people, then the God kind of life is enabled to come to you. But as long as you're just all of your desires, all of your pleasures, you got to stop thinking about yourself and ask, how will this affect other people? How will this affect other people? We want to live other-centered because that's the God kind of life. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundant. What that means is you might not. Now you need to know that. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundant. But what that means is you might not. You, the road's paved. You might drive right down down. See, you might go right down there to the Armenian camp and be blessed. 
but you might just sit right there and wallow in your leprosy day after day after day. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundant, but you might not. For the members of this church, we're going to. We're going to live happy. We're going to live blessed. We're going to live in peace. We're going to live in joy. And I'm not waiting on anybody to do anything. I just made a decision. Going to live happy, and I'm going to live blessed. Here's our part for 2024. Number one, throw the violin away. We're tired of hearing that song. Number two, take every thought captive. Number three, think on these things. Put the God kind of thoughts in. And number four, move your thinking from yourself to somebody else. This year is a great year for our church. Don't just sit here. Let's get up and experience life and life more abundant. Y'all stand. Lord, today we thank you for paving the way for us. Thank you for providing an avenue for us. Thank you for opening the door for us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to have life. And now today, we get up. We're no longer sitting here. We're going to live blessed, happy, in peace. And we're going to live our life other-centered. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.